Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right, well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. I'm rolling solo today. It's another one. I've been back in the groove uh, trying to do these a little bit more regularly. I've been asked by a few different people to uh, to jump on, share some opinions, and I love to share my opinion. I mean, who doesn't, right? And I've given myself a platform to do that. I guess that's why you spend money on a podcast for yourself is so you can just go on there and blurt what you want. Um, but I try to, to, as often as possible, take feedback from other people uh, by way of asking questions on social media or just through conversations I've had. And so this one uh, was um, uh, catalyzed, this episode was by a dear friend of mine uh, by the name of Jacqueline. She uh, is an artist and she owns a business called Yellow and Lace, uh, particularly or her specialty Maybe I shouldn't say specialty, but she is an amazing uh, calligrapher. I hope that's the right word um, uh, that I would say there. And so she just creates beautiful art pieces um, on all different types of mediums, from mirrors to walls to clothing. Um, But she's gone way beyond that. She's done some super cool stuff. Um, She did uh, some amazing artwork on wine bottles recently for a party that Oscar De La Hoya either attended or hosted. She painted his mug on a bottle. So pretty dope stuff. Uh, Jacqueline and I are good friends. And so we're constantly chatting about business. And uh, as we uh, as we do, we're we're always sharing kind of war stories, good and bad. And um, she has been at it a while. She's been super successful. And yet she still wants to continue to grow her business. And so she recently uh, just the other day, she sends me a message on Instagram. Uh, and uh, she said uh, this. I'm actually just going to read it. I asked permission. So um, once she gave me permission, it's just free reign. So um, she says, I just received a bad review, which is always hard t- uh, uh, for me to take in and digest, trying not to let it get to me. But anyway, I thought that would be a good topic to speak on. So yes, it was. It's a great topic to speak on and something that I've had a lot of experience in. She goes on to say, how do you deal with bad reviews, bad experiences, unsatisfied clients? Uh, what did you, she's asking me, what did you learn from the experience? What does that, that say about the way you run your business? And then how do you take the bad review and turn it into a positive? So there's a ton there um, that I hope to address. Uh, some things I, I, I will probably hit on um, a, a little bit more than others, but I, I want to communicate uh, right from the get-go how valuable uh, these are uh, in business. Whether you are an entrepreneur and uh, and you're just out of the gate, you've been at it a long time, you're an employee of an organization, uh, even feedback uh, in your relationships, whether that's with a friend or with a spouse, um, your ability to be able to take on and receive negative feedback, we can call it constructive if you want to make it positive, uh, but negative feedback, things that um, are negative about something we've done or said or produced, um, it, there is an art to this. Uh, you you need to be good at this. Um, people have spent uh, thousands and thousands, millions of dollars in organizations trying to uh, trying to get better at having the difficult conversation. Uh, this, uh, in many ways, was the reason or one of the reasons why Patrick Lencioni wrote the book uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, I actually went through a uh, a consulting experience with that, which I'm going to share a, a little bit later. Um, 
Um, but uh, there are people that are investing significant amounts of money and time into figuring out how to have these difficult conversations and then how to not just communicate them because it's hard, it's really hard for us to, to communicate our disappointment or our frustration uh, with somebody else, especially when we like them. Um, but it's equally as hard, if not harder, to receive it. And so uh, this is just a topic that we need to talk about because we need to learn to deal with it and we need to understand what it really is. So um, so the first question that she, she asked was, um, uh, or maybe alluded to was, have I ever received na- negative feedback or bad feedback? And the answer is absolutely. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to speak specifically right now to my coaching business uh, because uh, that's uh, primarily what I'm doing now. But I, I've had this um, many different times in my career from bosses that were disappointed in something that I did, clients that were disappointed in something that I did. It, it, it's 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 constant. It just It's the way that it is. We are imperfect people living in an imperfect world, and we are bound to screw up time and time again. And maybe for some of you that are going to listen to this, that's what you need to hear more than anything. You need to hear that you are going to screw up. You are not perfect. There is nobody perfect. And so just get that through your head, and then you can get on with figuring out how you're going to deal with it. But particularly as it relates to a coach, um, these ones I take extremely personally because this is my business. Like I, I'm passionate about what I do. I, I want to do the best I can to help other people, to support them, to encourage them, to grow them. And yet I've had people tell me that I have not done a good job in delivering something to them. Thank God to this point in my career, I've been at this now for uh, seven years. I've never been fired. Um, please, if you're listening, don't be the first one to do that. Uh, but really, like I've never been fired, so I'm super thankful for that. But I've had some really, really hard conversations because something that I provided to one of my clients did not meet their expectations. And so um, let me talk through that specifically first uh, because uh, that will be helpful as, as I continue to go. So notice how I said I did not meet their expectations. Um, there are there are a couple of different um, uh, reasons why we can, um, that we can receive negative feedback. But the one that I want to speak to the most probably is, is, is around, um, not managing expectations appropriately. And that lies on us. That is absolutely our fault. Um, if we are uh, the initiator, so so we're the business, we're providing a product or we're providing a service, it is our responsibility to, to create an expectation to ask the right questions, to understand and be as clear as humanly possible as to what our clients want and expect from us. It's not just what they want, it's what they expect. Like, what do you want out of this relationship? So like when I walk through that with one of my clients, um, even before they become a client, I send a launch document to them. I want to know what they want to, what what they want out of this relationship. Like uh, how invested are they gonna be into this? Uh, what, what do they want me to do? How do they want me to behave? Are they expecting things of me that I'm not gonna be able to provide to them? Are they expecting things of themselves that they think that I can somehow help them to do that's just absolutely not going to happen because of where they're at or who they are or our strength or something like that. So we have to manage expectations appropriately because if we do not, we are setting ourselves up for failure. And in the end, I don't care whether or not you... um, 
um, you did what you what you have always done. If you did not get clear with the client as to what you were delivering and what they could expect as the result, that was your fault. And that's been my fault many times. I've I, I've I I guess I've grown. Um, accustomed to doing things a certain way. Like I know how I'm going to coach my clients. Everybody's unique. And so there's some differences there, but I know the process by which I'm going to coach them. I know the things that I'm going to focus on. I always work from the head first and then into the heart and then out into the hands. And so by that, I mean, I've got to get into their head to understand who they are and what they're all about because that drives everything. And so I know how I'm going to do all that. But if I'm not clear with a client to let them know that we're going to spend a lot of time focused on uh, those the, those uh, uh, emotional and mental things, and they just expect that uh, day one, I'm going to lay out a process for them, for them to go on and to become the most successful X, Y, or Z that's ever been seen. Um, they've got another thing coming because that's just not how I am. And there may be other coaches out there that, that promise and or deliver that. That's just not me because I don't think that's what's as important. But if my client does, and I haven't set that expectation, I screwed up, and I will end up getting negative feedback as a result. So that's the first thing is we've got to manage expectations. That's absolutely critical to ensure that we are delivering the best way that we possibly can. Um, Okay, number two. Uh, let's say that um, we did the best that we could to uh, to create the right expectation. We've asked the right questions. We um, we've done our due diligence. We we we're we're, we're creating a, a great uh, uh, open communication and a line of communication. We're doing all the right things, and yet we still receive negative feedback. Like we've we've done it all. We've covered all of our bases. Uh, you probably haven't, but let's just pretend for a second that we did. Sometimes you need to just hear this. You're just not going to please everyone. And as a business owner, that's exceptionally hard for a couple of reasons. One, if you're like my friend Jacqueline, uh, who is an artist, she takes a lot of pride in the work that she produces. And I mean, so do I, right? Like, I mean, it's, 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 we're creating things uh, with our hands. It's not like I'm not, I'm not a reseller of a product and, and she's not either. And so um, in those circumstances, we're taking a, a lot of pride in what we do. And um, even though we probably get down on ourselves sometimes for what we produce, in the end, we, we should be really proud of what we produce. And yet some people just aren't going to appreciate it. They're just not going to like the end product. And so we need to understand that our worth, that our value is never, ever, 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 I said that enough, I hope, it is never tied to the outcome that uh, is the result of whatever we provide. Our worth and value is never tied even to what we do. That's just that's just not what I believe. And you may believe differently, and that's okay. We're going to have a big difference of opinion here. But your worth and value is in who you are as a person, as an individual, as a human being, not as a coach, not as an artist, not as a salesperson, not as a CEO. And too often we get so tied up in in setting all of our worth and value into what we're creating, what we're producing, uh, that, that we're just setting ourselves up for disaster. And then when someone's pissed off because we haven't done what they expected us to do in some unrealistic manner, we freak out. 
and we lose sleep over it, and we go into pits of anxiety and depression and all kinds of other things. And trust me, I've been there. This is not like I have this stuff figured out and I'm dialing it in every day. I'm just speaking from the experience of the fact that I, I know what, what we think and, and how we behave and how we step into a lot of these things. And so when we receive negative feedback, we just need to realize that sometimes we're just not going to please everybody. That should never be a cop-out. You should never uh, uh, take a, a bad review or a negative review and think to yourself like, oh gosh, like I did everything I could. Like it's all their fault. They're just unrealistic. Don't think that way because you can always learn. There are always things that that you can learn from negative feedback, from negative reviews, um, from, uh, from that type of stuff. Um, oh, uh, something else that she said that I think is important here is so... What does it say about how you run your business when you receive a negative uh, a negative review or negative feedback? I loved this question for a lot of reasons, um, but um, but more so than anything, uh, I think it says a lot, but not the review itself. What what's telling is your response to the review. So. Um, I, I know somebody um, that uh, every time they receive a negative review, they hop online uh, after receiving said review and they just attack the buyer. They absolutely attack the customer. Um, they they thrash them for like, how dare they? Like, what are you thinking? You're wrong. You're an idiot. I don't know if they've ever said idiot, but probably pretty close. And so they're, they're just on the, on the attack. And so like... It's, it's not the fact that the customer was dissatisfied. It's how you responded. Like, that's just so telling of who you are as a person, who you are as a business. Nobody wants to do business with somebody like that. And then I think to the flip side. So I don't recall the story specifically uh, or like all the details, but, uh, but enough um, to remember. So uh, years and years ago, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, I think, uh, Johnson & Johnson um, they, uh, yeah, that Johnson and Johnson, um, they, um, they had a issue with baby powder that they had out in the marketplace and, um, through, uh, once it was identified, they, they were told that basically like they had it isolated. It was just going to be a small, um, a small sector or a small segment of, of what was distributed that they needed to recall and they could mitigate their, um, uh, you know, what, what they were going to be exposed to and, and how much that was going to cost us. And, and so the CEO of Johnson and Johnson at the time decided that he was going to take it all back. Like he did not want to risk at all, whether or not somebody could end up getting, uh, this baby powder that had some, uh, pretty bad thing in it. I, like I said, I don't remember the specific. And so Everybody told him not to do it. Like it was a mistake. It was costing them millions of dollars. Like it was just unbelievable. Like what this guy was uh, exposing this organization to, and they were already under fire. Right? Like people were saying, like your consumers are already pissed off at you. You've already lost a lot of uh, consumer confidence because uh, your baby powder is tainted, and so then they don't want to buy your other product. And so now you're going to go and recall it all. Like what are you telling the marketplace? And he's like, we're telling them that we care so much about them that we're willing to take it all off the shelf. And he went and did that. And uh, he got the agreement from the board and, and they were re they really weren't for it, uh, but, but he got them to agree anyway. They recalled all of their product. And I'm pretty sure, and now I'm like questioning whether it was baby powder, but I'm pretty sure it was. Anyway, so um, maybe it was Tylenol. Anyway, so um, the fact of the matter is they took all the product back. It cost them millions of dollars. The result 
was after a period of lull, which was natural as the result of the fallout of all of that happening, they ended up having one of the largest growth spurts that organization had ever experienced. And it was the result of the fact that the consumers had enough confidence in in what they how or how they responded to that. They received this huge bit of negative feedback. Like literally, like your product is like gonna kill people. And so they could have responded in a bunch of different ways. They could have covered so much of it up, but their consumers saw that they were willing to put themselves at risk in order to do what was right for the consumer public. And as a result of that, they went on to be more and more successful. And I think that that actually happened a second time later on in their history, and they responded similarly. And so people were very trustworthy of Johnson & Johnson because of the way that they responded to negative feedback. I just think that we need, we have so much to learn. Like, have you ever been to a really good restaurant and when you send it back, like we're always afraid that we're going to get our food spit in, but really good restaurants, they don't even question it. Like you could literally go down to the last bite and you're like, you know what? It wasn't very good. They'll bring you a brand new one. Like the ones that frustrate the living crap out of me are the ones that are like so disgusted by the fact that we didn't like their food. And so, um, you know, it's like, whatever. Do you want something else? No, like I've lost my appetite. Okay, fine. And they don't even take it off your bill, right? So like we see how people respond negatively. I mean, respond to negative reviews and bad feedback. And and, and we see that that's telling of their business. And we will typically uh, decide whether or not we're going to do business with people based upon the fact of how they react when negativity arises. Because again, this goes back to what I said earlier. We all screw up. We all do. And so it's just how we respond in the moment. So I want to be somebody as a business owner and somebody in the community at large, I want to be somebody that's willing to accept it, to swallow my pride, to be able to admit the fact that I don't know everything and I'm not amazing at everything. And I am willing to, to do what's right, that I'm willing to do what, what's best for my customer. Because at the end of the day, that's why we're in business. And if you're not in business for that reason, get out. Like, I, 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 I get so frustrated when, um, especially in my space, um, Jacqueline, I'm sure that um, uh, she would say the same thing in her space, um, but I, I have friends like this all over the place where um, their, their competition is just so deceitful. They, they're, they're hiding things, they're dishonest, uh, and, and, and that's not who we want to be. Like, we want to be people, I, I, I'm confident of the people listening to this episode, like, you want to be somebody that does what's right. Um, um, so I, I just, I, I think that that's something that we need to we need to really think about. We need to focus on. It's all about doing the right thing. It's all about doing what is most important uh, for the client. It's putting our best foot forward for the client. It's helping them to to think through uh, how we can do a better job, how we can serve them better. Because here here's another positive: every time that you receive a bad or negative review, you learn from it. Right, like um, a great book that I read uh, last year was by Ryan Holiday, and uh, it's called "The Obstacle Is the Way." And you know, so often we're trying to do everything we can to safeguard ourselves in business and really in life. Like we're walking around with these huge plastic bubbles, making sure that we don't take on, don't inflict any damage. Right? I don't want to get bumped. I don't want to get bruised. I don't want to take on a cut or a scar. Like I'm too afraid to have anything like that happen to me, and so I'm just going to avoid it. And the problem with 
that is, is we end up not taking risks because we're too afraid to fail or too afraid to, to, to do less than the best. And, um, and, and I don't, I don't want to encourage people to, to create subpar, but put yourself out there. Just be willing to to take the risk. Uh, you you will have such an opportunity to learn. And so again, back to what I started with there was like every time that we mess up, every time that we receive a bad review, we're learning, we're growing. Uh, it's uh, again like earlier. What what could I have done differently? How could I have managed my clients' expectations? Um, you know, um, we, um, you've probably heard some version of the story where, um, there's this, uh, builder of the house and or builder of homes and he's getting ready to retire and he's been known to like create the most pristine of houses. I just, uh, uh read this story in how to chop wood and carry water. It was a great book. Um, Metcalf is a guy's last name. I can't remember right now. Anyway, I think it's Brian Metcalf. Uh, anyway, so um, I, I think that, um, um, oh, anyway, so he's telling the story of, um, this builder that builds a house and, or builds houses. He's doing a great job. He's producing amazing quality results. And, um, and then, uh, his boss comes to him and he's like, I know you're getting ready to retire. He goes, I just have one more house for you to build. And the guy's like, I'm over it. Like I'm done. He goes, no, no, just this one more house, like produce this last one. And, and that will be your final home to build. And so he agrees and he does it half-heartedly. He doesn't really put all of himself into it. Um, he, um, he, he just, you know, he uses subpar materials. He, he's not diligent with all of his cuts and the way that it all comes together. And you probably already know the end of the story, right? He gets all done. He goes to his boss. He's like, I'm done sailing off into the sunset. And the boss is like, thank you so much for your years of service as a gift to you, parting gift to you. We're going to give you this house. And the guy's like, crap, man. Like that was my worst one. And, and so the, one of the morals to that story is, is we should always put our best foot forward. We should always try to do the very best that we can. And so we're learning how to do that. And so when, when we hear that we haven't done something right, we can, we can make, a, make a change. We can pivot. We can go in another direction. You know, sometimes for some of us, what you need to hear is, is you've heard negative feedback so many times because you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. Um, we hear stories of people getting laid off because, uh, or, or getting laid off, and then as a result of that, going on to start these amazing businesses, or people that face tons of rejection when they were trying to start up companies and then went on to make you know millions and billions of dollars. You know, uh, many of the uh, unicorn companies that we see today struggled so bad to raise startup money uh, from the majority of people. Uh, venture capital firms or whatever that they went to, friends and family, like nobody believed in them. Somebody finally took a shot at them and, you know, here they are today making, you know, a gazillion dollars. That's a real number, I'm sure, somewhere. Um, anyway, so um, so maybe you're receiving negative feedback because it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to do something different. And uh, so I, I think that, again, that that's just something that's important for us. We need to learn. We need to grow. We need to, we need to do a better job of, of how, we, how we take that on. Um, so I think that that probably, like, 
wraps up a lot of what I want to say around receiving negative feedback or, or around receiving bad reviews. Uh, you know, just to recap some of the stuff, like first and foremost is um, you're not perfect and you just need to be okay with the fact that you're not perfect. You're going to screw up. That's just the reality of life. And it's okay. We learn from it. We grow from it. And even then, we're still going to screw up. It's ju it's just part of the process of becoming something great. Uh, and I hope that's what you want to do. Uh, second to that um, is uh, you want to remember that you can't please everybody. There's just going to be people out there that you cannot make happy. And that's okay. Um it's great because uh, yeah, for those of us that are going to be listening to this recorded, uh, they're not going to know this or they're not going to um, see this the same way, but I'm, I'm live on Instagram at the same time that I'm recording this episode of the podcast. And so I've got people that are commenting and one of those is uh, Jacqueline, the person that um, really incited this conversation or recited this uh, podcast episode. And she commented here and I'm going to read her comment because I just, I love it. Um, she said in, in relation to this, this bit of feedback that she got, a uh, negative feedback, she said she thanked the person. Uh, she didn't even tr uh, uh, try to explain reasoning uh, for not meeting the expectations. She just thanked them and then even provided other references. I mean, that's like, that's a pretty amazing thing to do. And so again, you just need to realize that you just can't please everybody. You're not a great fit for everybody. Like that's okay. Um, move on, find somebody else. Uh, that's probably a good thing for you too, that you don't spend too much time there, that you just, uh, that you just move on and, uh, and, and do something different. Um, um, so, so those are a couple of reminders there. The last one too is just again, like there's so much to learn, uh, from, uh, from our negative feedback, from the, from the, uh, from the criticism, even when it's like hurled at us, uh, really, really hurtfully, there's always something to learn. Maybe you just need to learn not to hurl negativity back at other people or criticism back at other people. Um, so those are some things to remember, uh, again, um, you're not perfect. You can't please everybody. And no matter what, you're going to learn, you're going to grow. There's going to be a huge opportunity for you as you continue to experience negative feedback. I wish that I could say that from this point forward, I'm never going to receive it again, but I do, uh, or, or I will. And I just need to put, um, put my words that I've spoken today into practice with my clients, with my prospects in hopes of continuing to learn and grow with my, or with, <laughs> or myself. So with that, thank you guys so much for tuning in live today. Thank you for those of you that are listening, uh, uh to the excellence mindset podcast. As always, I appreciate you, the time that you're spending with me, uh, you submitting questions, uh, you giving me ideas for topics like Jacqueline did today. So huge shout out again to you, Jacqueline from Yellow and Lace. You can follow her on Instagram at Yellow and Lace, uh, spelled out just like that. Uh, and uh, so yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate all that you do and investing into me uh, and helping me to continue to uh, share this podcast uh, with other people out there. Until next time, get out there, do the best you can to kill it, to be yourself, to have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.